AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Weather. We are going to talk a lot about it this morning. First, what to expect here in the U.S. and in South America. And then let's talk about how the weather can impact the way you feel and how you perform day to day. You all know what I'm talking about. It is prime time for a serious case of the Winter Blahs. Live from Second Monday via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning we'll begin with a conversation with John Hamanuck from Empire Weather. Then it's Ted Matthews from FarmCounseling.org. And right after the news, Karen Bonert from Farm Journal's Milk. I'm the handsome newsman, Davis Michelson. Now, here's the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Davis, man. How are you doing? Happy Tuesday. Hey. Just to remind everybody, it's uh-huh. Tuesday. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- the mailbox will be jammed full this morning. Ooh. Yeah? Yeah. Are you yeah. expecting uh, a number of communiques and or parcels today? Uh, well, it's it's not like the old days with the junk mail, but sure, yeah. there ought to be something in there. Well, I don't, I, and see, I don't get nearly the level of fan mail that you get to. I mean, I've oh. never had the postman bring up an entire bag of mail, well, you know, and be like, "Hey, now I need that bag back when you're done." Yeah, well, kind it's of a the thing. Crate. It's the crate. They they don't do bags anymore. <laughs> they don't Davis. do bags. They, no, they they. It's an actual like crate. Well, sometimes now I don't you, feel so bad. So sometimes, sometimes they have to bring it, bring it all the way down the lane and, and use the cart to oh, unload wow. it, like yeah. on Indiana Jones. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's pretty. It's Just not, throw it in the warehouse. That that doesn't happen. <laughs> that does not happen. Yeah, to all of you that have sent the letters and haven't heard a response yet, I'm getting to it. You'll get okay? to it. Mm-hmm. I'm getting to it. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was a good weekend. A uh, successful weekend. The fish were biting. Excellent. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Yes, the fish were biting. So that was a lot of fun. Uh got together with you know what? We had to celebrate my second grandson's second birthday mm-hmm. over the weekend. So oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. We had he had a Taco Tuesday. Oh, Dude, like I love tacos. Day, TWO's day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, isn't that clever? I thought yeah. it was so clever. I can put uh, some tacos away. I'd like to eat some tacos right now, come to think of it. Why not? Oh, they're so messy. I don't. Worth yeah, it. no, I'm in. Worth I'm it. In. Yeah, it's worth it. It's <laughs> worth it. All right, let's get to the news. Well, Tip, the House Republican Steering Committee has selected the Republican members who will serve on the House Committee on Agriculture for the 118th Congress. Following the announcement, Representative Glenn G.T. Thompson, chairman of the House Ag Committee, said in a statement, quote, it's imperative we hit the ground running through a rigorous hearing schedule, listening sessions, and aggressive oversight. I look forward to working closely with my colleagues as we put forward common sense solutions that provide certainty for rural America. Chip going to hit the ground running on some common sense. Yeah, and they did on Friday. They had a listening session in Pennsylvania, and it was it was even postponed a week because of the vote for the speaker in the House. So we will be getting an update from Representative Thompson sooner rather than later. 
Well, and having said that, it will be a quiet week in Washington with Congress on recess. Most of the most of the economic focus this week is the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. La La Land. Didn't you mean La La Land? Uh, it might as well be. Might okay, as well be okay. going to commune with Klaus. <laughs> Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen sent up a warning Friday that the government could run out of cash as soon as mid-June if lawmakers do not soon lift the roughly $31.4 trillion debt limit if the nation's debt hits that marker. And by the way, Chip, it's on track to do that by Thursday this week. Yep. The yep. Treasury will need to take, quote, extraordinary measures to help pay for the government's operations and ward off a historic default. Yeah, we've been here before, but it's not a comfortable spot to be. South American crop consultant Dr. Michael Cordonier cut his Argentine soybean and corn crop estimates while leaving his Brazilian crop estimates unchanged. This, as AgriRal finds Brazil's soybean harvest progress, is roughly half last year's at this time. Yeah, a little too wet up in the northern areas. The Mexican government announced on Monday a temporary 50% tax on white corn exports, saying it is necessary to guarantee domestic supply and price stability. The export duty will be in force through June 30. And Chip, according to the Foreign Ag Service, soybeans accounted for nearly one half of U.S. agricultural exports to China in 2022 at a record $16.4 billion dollars surpassing the previous year's record by more than $2.2 billion. China is the world's largest soybean importer, accounting for nearly 60% of global trade and half of U.S. soybean export value. The greater export value is partly attributable to higher prices as average unit sales climbed 24% year-on-year, and that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, volume is down, but value is up, no, no doubt. Well, Chinese Vice Premier Liu He said the country is open to global cooperation after three years of COVID isolation and said foreign investors have a role to play in Chinese leader Xi Jinping's signature Common Prosperity Program. This as mainland China's overall population declined to 1.4 billion in 2022, with the official data illustrating how widespread shifts toward pro-natalist policies are not producing the intended results. The declining population aggravates China's long-term structural challenges, including the costs of managing an aging population while not producing new workers. And finally, according to Reuters, Germany's economy minister said that easing gas prices give hope that a recession threatening Europe and Germany can be managed and even reduced and underscored the need to establish more critical infrastructure to create a more resilient economy. Chip. Yeah, soften the landing there in Europe a bit. And yep. I think it, it may be softening the landing here in the U.S. too. Yeah, we'll so, take it. We'll all take right, it. good stuff, Davis. Thank you very much. Let's bring you in bet. Karen Bonert, editor of Farm Journal's Milk. Good morning, Karen. Hello, Chip. Okay, all dairy farms are trying to be innovative, but boy, you got a story on one that's really innovative. Tell us about it. Yeah, they're really cool. First of all, they're going to be recognized at International Dairy Food Association. You know, our friends at IDFA, the Dairy Forum that will be in Orlando, Florida next week. Um, and, and dairy herd management teams up with ID, IDFA to present the Innovator Dairy Farmer of the Year Award. So this year it's being presented to Bar 20 Dairy located in California's San Joaquin Valley. And really, you know, when you think of the future of dairy, Chip, and what it takes to stick around, Bar 20 is what who just illustrates excellent innovation. Um, they're doing so many cool things, including you know, having a methane digester, 
um, completing a one megawatt solar dairy, installing electric feed mixing station. And their digester was a partnership working with BMW of North America. So very, very cool. Um, Bar 20 was also the recipient of the U.S. Dairy Sustainability Award last year. This dairy um, milked 7,000 cows, farms 5,000 acres, and they just really say they're just doing, uh, trying to make things better every single day on their dairy. So it's yeah. really cool. They offer some tips to those, to other dairy producers who are looking for sustainable markets. That whole story chip is on dairyherd.com. But as always, yeah. we're very, we're, it's just a really cool partnership between Dairy Herd Management and IDFA to present this award because, man, there's a lot of dairy farmers from coast to coast doing innovative uh, yeah. things on their dairy farms. Bar 20 definitely rise, the cream of the crop rises to the top. Yep, yep, gotcha. And what's really cool is Bar 20 is so willing to share what they are learning through this whole process. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yep. All right, Karen, thank you so much. I appreciate that. That is Karen Bonert, editor of Farm Journal's Milk. Again, you can get the full story, www.dairyherd.com. What's up with the weather? We will find out from John Hamanuk next. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Our name says it all. Agritalk. What more do you need to know? Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip Flory. Glad that you're here. Uh, Davis Michelson is with us as well. How are Standing you? Standing by. Bud? Good. Very well. Good, good. Thank you. All right. All right. And it's Mon- It's not Monday morning. It's Tuesday morning. But we didn't have the conversation about weather yesterday morning. So we are going to get on to it right now and find out what to expect. John Hamanek is the founder of Empire Weather, and John joins us right now. John, it's good to talk with you again. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. How are we doing today? I'm doing great. Good, good, good. So, John, uh, it sure didn't feel much like mid-January this weekend. We had 50 degrees in the middle of the country, strong south wind. (laughs) First tornado in Iowa in January since the 60s sometimes. Uh, You know, what in the world is driving what's happening? Yeah, it certainly has been unusual. And the the main factor to blame is a very strong and extended Pacific jet. So the way to think about that is 
that jet stream in the Pacific is coming all the way from Eastern Asia straight across the Pacific Ocean, picking up all this mild air with it as it does so. And it has just been pummeling the country with that mild Pacific air. It's also one of the reasons why we've seen all that precipitation on the West Coast and all that talk about the rain in California. It's all the Pacific jet. So if you want to blame one thing, um, that's been a pretty big factor in why we've, why we've seen this very, very mild weather. How rare is this, John? You know, it's not particularly rare. It, it just happens to be a, an anomalous event. Uh, it's nothing that we haven't seen before. Um, this is just a very intense Pacific jet, and it's lasted for quite a while. So I think, um, you know, it, it's becoming more notable the more time that goes on. It's just sort of been just a very mild pattern and 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 very wet one on the West Coast of the, of the United States. Okay. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of talk about the the amount of water is so that the west coast is getting it's so difficult to handle that amount of water in such a short period of time that even though we've got serious flooding mudslides all kinds of damage happening from from the water you can't call them drought breakers are you in that camp absolutely yeah i i think that's a that's a great way to put it um you know as as we all know you know, breaking a drought is not as easy as just pummeling the area with water. Um, you know, it, it, it takes some time uh, and it's a little bit of a different, a longer term issue. Drought drought is a long term problem. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, there's a lot of intricacies that go into into being a drought breaker. And, and I think you're you're dead on with that there. OK, are we are we transitioning to a weather pattern that could break that drought? You know, I th- I think that as we head into the spring, we'll start to do that. Um, we have a ways to go first, though. And I, and I think, you know, the second half of this winter could offer a couple of surprises. Um, the first thing that's going to happen here at the end of January into early February is this pattern is going to become decidedly more wintry again. Okay. Um, you know, that that same Pacific jet that I called it extended. So basically it just, you know, is all the way across the Pacific it's going to pull back again. And that's going to let that pattern get much more wavy. The jet stream will be back in action. Um, and I think we could see a colder trend here at the end of January in the Midwest and the Plains. Um, so we're going to get into a little bit of more wintry pattern first. Uh, and then our heads are going to start to turn to two things. The stratospheric polar vortex, you know, what happens yep. there? Do, do, we, do we have a big polar vortex event uh, in February? Because we all know how those go. Um, and then after that, what happens with the La Nina and the Enso? Yeah. Um, that's going to be a major factor. Yeah. yeah. So, Enso, we are, are we making the transition from La Nina to Enso neutral? Very slowly. It, the, the process, the process has begun. And I think so. So the differentiating factor, a lot, there's a lot of folks with PTSD from last year and, and rightfully so um, my, myself included, um, where we where we just seem to be, you know, seeing the models forecasting that transition over and over and it never coming never coming happened. to fruition. The difference this year is we we have some the waters are starting to warm. We're seeing some upwelling of that warmer water, um, but it's so the process is underway. But it's but it's going to take some time. You know, without getting too much into the technicalities of it, we are seeing some of those trade winds and westerly wind bursts that are that could keep that La Nina forcing in play for a bit longer. It's not going to happen immediately. But the thought here is that as we get into spring, we'll start to see that transition begin to happen. So um, it's going to be a, a very interesting month or two here. Uh, I think as we start to get a little bit of an idea as to how this is going to play out, 
but the, the process is to getting that La Nina to end and get us towards neutral are certainly underway. Uh, but the, as, as you know, and as we know, it takes some time. Yeah. Yeah. And so neutral uh, the, to me, that leaves the middle of the country at risk to uh, some drought conditions in the year ahead. Is, is that how you see it? It does. You know, I, I think it, it adds a great deal of variability uh, to the okay. forecast. There, there's there's quite a bit of spread. You know, when we go and look at the analog years and we're just starting that process for the springtime, um, you know, one thing, one category that we've been looking at is trying to figure out in years that were similar in the past is have there been these 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 late winter transitions from La Nina uh, to Enso Neutral? And what we find is a lot of variability. There are some years that are that are drier. There are some years that as the transition continues, there's quite a bit more moisture. But the one factor that we see come in consistently is, you know, is that transition ongoing consistently when we get into the spring? Um, you know, if it's if it's sort of still a La Nina pattern when we get into spring, tends to be a little bit on the drier side. If we are pushing towards Enso neutral and beyond, the pattern tends to get wetter as the spring goes on. So I think okay. it's still very much up in the air and there's a lot of vari variability in that forecast uh, for the spring still at this range. All right. Okay. What else do we need to know about U.S. weather before we go to South America? Yeah. I mean, last thing I would hit on is just that that pattern change in late January. I think, you know, we, there's a lot of folks that are sort of settling into this warm pattern, this warm flow. It's very active over the next couple of uh, really two weeks. There's going to be several storms coming through the plains into the Midwest, but that pattern is going to gradually begin trending colder as we move into late January and then early February. So winter is, is far from done. I, I would say the second act is, is coming up pretty shortly. Okay. Now, winter as far as temperatures go but i'm sure sure glad that the you know half inch of rain or so that we got here in northeast iowa over the weekend wasn't snow yeah uh, <laughs> it, what about the the precipitation side of things are colder temperatures and continue with some precip no i think we'll see the precipitation become a little less widespread uh, okay. But I but I do think there will be chances for snow specifically uh, in the Midwest, Great Lakes, and maybe even parts of the Ohio Valley, especially as we move into late January and early February. Um, it's still a bit uncertain as to how it will play out, but but I think there will be multiple chances for winter weather. Um, you know, it's going to be, again, you know, watching these individual storms come out is going to be key, but uh, there's several of them sort of coming down the pipeline. So uh, gotcha. I would I would keep an eye out for, for winter weather here over the next uh, two weeks or so. And if we can shift it south, I'll be very happy because here in Minneapolis, we've had enough snow for the yeah. entire winter already. You guys have just been pounded already. 45, <laughs> 48 inches of snow, something like that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been yeah. it's been a heck of a start. So I, I am more than happy to share with everyone else. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm willing to let you keep it. For, for my part okay take us to south america what uh, any transitions that we need to be aware of down there yeah so so a big transition happening here in the uh seven to ten day time frame it, obviously the pattern that we've been stuck in here for the last couple of weeks and, and really months has been a warm uh, and drier than normal pattern in northern argentina and southern brazil um, and what we're seeing on almost all guidance is a transition where the jet stream is shifting south and allowing for more moisture to be introduced into those areas. Now, 
that being said, I want to make sure that we have some, obviously some perspective on that, right? Because it has been so dry there that your, your soil, your, your surface, your groundwater, your subsurface soil is so dry in those regions that it is not going to be easy to make up um, for that lost time. Right. But there, there is a signal for moisture with the model showing a 10 day period here coming up through the end of January, where a lot of Argentina and Southern Brazil are going to see precipitation that they haven't seen in the last couple of weeks and could average above normal during that time frame, um, which, you know, we'll have many people jumping for joy just, just to get that precipitation yeah. there and take the edge off the temperatures a little bit. Um, but there's a, quite a bit of work to be done for sure. Okay. That moisture, does it shift from Northern Brazil down and dry out Northern Brazil a little bit? It does. You nailed it. That jet stream shifts further south. And so northern Brazil, I think they could use a period of, of dryness as well. It's been, you know, not necessarily so heavy, the rain, but it's just been so consistently, you know, rainy yeah. and cloudy up there. So they can take a little bit of a break and I think it'll be well received. Um, and then we'll have to see where the pattern gets in mid-February. There's some indications um, that, the, that this might not have all that much longevity to it. But, you know, the resounding thought here is we'll take it. We'll take this pattern shift and get some moisture into the areas that need it and dry out northern Brazil for a, a bit as well. All right. Awesome. Great job, John. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Chip. I appreciate it. You bet. That is John Hamanak. He is the founder of Empire Weather. Did a really nice job laying out what's happening here in the U.S. and what to expect going forward. Okay, when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation about weather, but this has got a bit of a twist to it. The winter blahs. Is it a real thing? I think it probably is. We'll talk with Ted Matthews next. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Joining us now is ProFarmer editor Brian Grady. Brian, um, kind of directionless. Can we call the grain trade that way right now? Yeah, uh, we traded lower overnight and, and pretty yeah. solidly lower overnight, but uh, get to daytime trade, uh, soy oil markets trading solidly to the upside. Corn's now two to three cents higher, so uh, both of those markets have perked up. Uh, soybeans, soy meal, and, and the wheat market, uh, they're all lower, uh, but they're off their lows. And, and uh, so um, yeah, kind of looking for direction, like you mentioned here. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you said soybean oil, I looked over at the crude oil market. It's trying to get out above 80 bucks a barrel. It is, uh, you know, it's trading just slightly to the upside, but uh, you know, it, uh, it it is trading to the upside and, and having some influence on uh, soy oil, as is the palm oil market. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. Anything in particular that you're watching for in these grain markets this week? We just talked with Empire Weather about South American weather. That's got to be near the top of the list. Yeah, I, I think it is. Uh, you know, the the Chinese uh, GDP data from okay. uh, the fourth quarter kind of spooked the markets overnight, but uh, that or that seller interest is kind of fading, like I mentioned. Gotcha. Gotcha. Take us over to the livestock trade. What do you got going? Well, I'm going to start with hogs because that's the positive one. And, and uh, February contract is uh, just a little bit weaker as the cash index continues to fall, but uh, pretty strong gains in uh, deferred contracts. So uh, there must be some anticipation in the marketplace now that uh, the cash index is getting close to a, a seasonal low. Uh, the cattle market, on the other hand, uh, moderately to sharply lower. Uh, last week's cash trade was disappointing, uh, though I, I believe that we will see firmer cash cattle trade uh, later on this week. All right. Good stuff, Brian. That is Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady on Markets Now. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. If the world is your oyster, we've got pearls of wisdom on AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you're with us this morning. Davis Michelson is with us as well. Yes. You know, Davis, all through the... It doesn't matter if it's winter, spring, summer, or fall. We're always talking about the weather on AgriTalk because it is so important to the people that are out in it every day mm-hmm. and doing what they do. So, of course, of course we talk about it. And a lot of times I'll mention, you know, what it's like outside the bunker. Well, outside the bunker right now, it is gloomy again, dude. Uh we had a little bit of sun and uh, over the weekend, but but not enough to recharge my mm-hmm. my uh, emotional banks uh, batteries. Oh, that's for yeah. sure. You know, yeah. so you do. I mean, it gets to you. It gets to you. At least it gets to me some. So anyway, I thought we should have a conversation about how to deal with the winter blahs with Ted Matthews, farmcounseling.org. Uh, part of the rural Minnesota mental health support system. Ted, it's good to talk with you again, my friend. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Good. Glad that you are here. So the winter blahs, just up front here, is it a real thing? Well, it's absolutely a real thing. And, you know, one of the things that I'd like to share is, you know, I'm from Minnesota, so I'm a Minnesota Viking fan. And I got a, <laughs> I got an email sent to me that I thought was pretty apropos. It says, when I die, I want the Minnesota Vikings to be my pallbearers so they can let me down one more one time. <laughs> hey, oh. oh, no. Yeah, that was kind of tough. Not so kinda that's kind of winter blues, too, you know? Yep, that's right. That's right. But, you know, one of the things that when it comes to winter and the blues and the blahs and so on, um, we need to understand that it's okay to feel sorry for ourselves. It's okay to say, you know, this sucks. I don't like the weather. I don't like uh, going out, you know, if I'm a dairy farmer and, and I got 10 inches of snow, it, it's going to take me a few hours longer than it normally does because I've got to trudge through all that. And, and it's okay. But what we need to do with that is say, okay, what can I do with that? What can I do to make it better? And, we need to have things to look forward to short-term and long-term 
So we have something going that makes us feel a little bit better. Um, sometimes planning vacations is pretty tough, but, but going to the movies or going out to dinner or something to break that, that blah or monotony of winter is helpful and, and it doesn't fix it. And, you know, as I've told you guys lots of times before, better is better. Yeah. So nothing is going to fix it, but there are things that can make it a little bit better. Yeah. Ted, I want to come kind of out of left field here, and I don't know if you've got words to help us out on this or not. Coming out of the pandemic, I was reading over the weekend that there are certain segments of the population who still sort of struggle with the idea of going out and getting out among people. Um, you're saying, let's get out and let's go to the movies, do so go out to eat, do something like that, and I fully agree with you. Um, what might you say to folks who maybe kind of want to manage their perceived risk or their or their their risk? Well, there are places and times that are safer. Um, mm -hmm. Restaurants in the middle of the day uh, is is definitely they're not going to be anywhere near as many people. So it's a good be idea. Definitely yeah. safer then. Um, and so looking at that, but making sure that you know. Also, feeling safe, um, you still have to live, you, and you right. still have to to do things. And and I mean, I've known lots of people that have had COVID and, and did everything they could to feel safe. Right. Um, I, you know, and so I'm not saying that people who are uncomfortable should do something, but I'm saying that they definitely need to find something that then they can look forward to, even if it's watching reruns of Bonanza, anything that <laughs> yeah. that will break it up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fishing shows. That's kind of my there thing. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll turn on the outdoor channel and, and watch some fishing shows when I get to feeling that way. Uh, Ted, a couple of things off of social media. And, and you know what? It, I, I don't – I think there is a – there is a greater willingness to go ahead and talk about what people are dealing with on social media. Do you think that's a good thing or does it create an environment where it's kind of, it turns into a pile on, you know, yeah, I'm feeling the same way too, or the get over it uh, responses, social media and mental health. Is it a positive? No. In my opinion, social media their, their whole objective is to get you to watch and people are far more prone to watch things that are negative than positive. Yeah. So social media tends to look at things in a negative way. I mean, if you watch Fox news and you hear a story and then you watch MSNBC and you hear the same story, you'd never know it was the same story. Right. Right. So right. to me, that that makes it a lot more difficult because you know you, know, you don't know who to believe and yeah. when it comes to, to those kinds of, of things um, we can get angry over things that don't exist right right so exactly. I, I I definitely am not pro okay now here's a couple of very sp specific things that I saw on social media over the weekend that I want to ask you about one of them said and, and I'm not going to say who it was from or even read it specifically. I'm paraphrasing. But it was give me something other than alcohol to deal with stress and anxiety. There's a danger of warning sign, isn't it? 
Yes. Well, and, and, you know, the things that you always have to look at are the things that are most obvious, which is you look at your family. How important yeah. is your family? And, and, and I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. Everybody always says, what's the most important thing in your life? And, and then everyone says family. And then when I ask them, okay, what have you done with or for your family recently? Usually there's a quiet spot. And it's like, well, if that's that important, why aren't we doing something about that? Yeah. Why aren't we focusing on our family? Excellent. And, and, and so we need to look at that. Family is super important and family makes us feel better. So we should take advantage of that, especially in the winter months when things tend to draw out so long. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, we we just got past the uh, we we just got past the holidays. But in my family, we get past the holidays and we're straight into celebrating two grandsons birthday. So back together again. Sometimes family can become a little overwhelming, too, Ted. Of course they can, but it beats the heck out of nothing. It beats yes. the heck out. I mean, I'm with if, you. If, if, if I have a family issue, then I'm dealing with something that I really care about, and that beats the heck out of feeling nothing. I'm with you. I'm Ted, with you. This, this one seems a little obvious. Here I come out of left field again. Um, but in, in colder areas of the country, such as, as where you live, how 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 strong is the connection between being out in the uh, doing chores, doing your stuff, and staying warm and feeling good? You got to stay warm, not just for safety, but also. I mean, you can just throw on a quick chore coat and out you go. But you got to keep yourself toasty and warm to feel good, don't you? And the other part of that is you're thinking about what that's like. I mean, the night before. You've got to get up tomorrow morning at five o'clock to go milk your cows, and they yeah. just told you it was going to be twenty below. Yeah, trust yeah. me, you're not. You're thinking about that. That's right. That's so, exactly right. And so the best we can do is think about okay, what's the best I can do, and then leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Because we have I, no control. The things we have no control over, we need to look at and then figure out what's the best we can do with things that we have no control over. Okay. Another very specific one that I saw on social media, uh, they were talking about something and referred to it as, uh, I think, imposter syndrome. It's like they feel like they're Ooh, faking yeah. their way through life, and, and it, especially at this time of the year. Is that a real thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the problems is that, that constantly focusing more on negative than positive, and we do that more and more and more and more. And that creates that negative belief that everything is bad because we're not looking at any of the positive things. And we get to the point where we don't even want to look at the positive things because we're overwhelmed with the negative things. So, mm. so finding ways to look at positive things, and I don't mean, you know, blowing smoke and trying to pretend blah, blah, blah. I mean, honestly, looking at what, what the positive things are. Um, as I said before, family is obviously a big one. Um, how our crops are, what we're doing, you know, our friends, uh, all those kinds of things that, that have positive impacts, make sure that we integrate those with the negative and things will be better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, you, you've said it already, better is better. Uh, and sometimes better takes an effort and, and putting the effort into it, especially at this time of the year. Uh, number one, you got to work up the enthusiasm for it. 
right? I it, rate, yeah. th- this job that we that Davis and I get to do every day is part of what helps to lift me up and 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 excite me about each and every day. You've you've got to find what trips your trigger and keeps you excited about getting after it every day, Ted. It's uh, solid advice, my friend. And and never look at how other people would be feeling better about that. Look at you. What yeah. what's going to make you feel better? And far too often people say, "Well, I know Ba 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 does this and that, and they feel better." But that doesn't help me any. It's like, okay, then what does? Yeah, yeah, excellent stuff, Ted. We will stay in touch, my friend. Thank you so much for making time for us. You bet. You take care. Have a good okay, day. farmcounseling.org. That is where you go to get more input from Ted. It's part of the Rural Minnesota Mental Health Support System. Farmcounseling.org. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Your next piece of equipment is on machinerypeat.com. Search equipment from dealerships across the country to find what you're looking for. Only on MachineRepeat.com. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Good morning. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. Your pal Davis Michelson here. Chip Flory looks on. Yes. Um, that one's got a snappy beat to it. I like that. You like that one? Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, you know, music is a big part of my life. Yeah, it is. Very Sometimes much so. if I'm if I'm feeling low, uh it's it's nice to listen to a, a peppy little number. Sure. You know? Oh yeah, for no doubt. No doubt. Um you know, there's always a playlist that comes along on our ventures during the summer, right? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to turn on that summer playlist and listen to it in the winter. Sure. Yeah, it helps me. Mm-hmm. It helps mm-hmm. me. So, yeah. I uh I was I spent some time actually at the piano this uh, this weekend doing my very best Jeff Lynn impersonation, uh, okay. singing some ELO songs, and okay. I got to tell you, I I felt great. All right, you're yeah. a big ELO fan. I'm I actually am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's good stuff. Um, but here's now here's the other thing though, is yes. and Ted sort of mentioned this, okay. If I go along and don't quite have it just right or can't quite remember the words or, you know, whatever, it's super easy for me to focus on that and just think, dude, you, you just suck. Just stop. Just oh, stop. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Com- and, and it's super easy for me to forget, wow, I can sit down and 
sing and play and enjoy myself, I'm going to, I need to learn to focus on the positives just a little bit more rather than getting dragged down into, yep. oh, I did that one thing. It didn't yep. quite work out. My whole day is ruined. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you got to, you got to fight that urge. That is for sure. You know, and, and it's, it it's, uh, there are several of those types of things that can happen that can get you down. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, in, instead of focusing on the negative side of it, focus on what you can do to turn it into a positive. And yeah, maybe maybe it's maybe it's something to do with I, I don't know. It's, it, it's something that you've got to do every day, and a problem has become persistent, and you've mm-hmm. been putting off and putting off and putting off that permanent fix. Mm-hmm. Now is a good time to do the permanent fix. Yeah. So that you don't have to deal with that negativity every day. Right. Get it fixed right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I'm not a big sports ball guy myself. Um, <laughs> although I'm in a good spot that the the Chiefs just seem to never lose. Although the Royals finished dead last. Yeah. In their division last summer, you know. Yeah. But hey, there's there's no place to go but up from there. There you go. There you, you know? go. This is how yeah. I'm looking at it. New season, uh, new year, yeah. <laughs> this from knowing absolutely zero about the uh, the baseballing, but uh, man, uh, okay. One of the reasons I'm not into sports, I I do tend to get super bummed out if I'm watching. You know, I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna watch this game. They're gonna crush them, and then yeah. my team loses. Yeah, <laughs> I can't have that. I can't right. have it. Right. Okay. So over the weekend, you all know that I'm a Iowa State Cyclone. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say that. It could be the first time that you're listening. If it is, hi. Hello, is welcome. Jeff. This is Agritalk. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Glad you're here. <laughs> uh, I am a huge fan of the Iowa State Cyclones. He um, is. He's massive. Yeah. So, a couple of things. Over the weekend, we were playing number two Kansas in Lawrence. Ooh. Tough assignment. Ooh. Tough, yeah. tough, tough assignment. Uh, even for a really good basketball team, which I think Iowa State is. Um, you, you know, so my attitude going into it was what an opportunity for the Cyclones. What an opportunity. All right. Played them tough. Played them really tough. Lost by two points in mm. regulation. Um, it was a good enough performance that the Cyclones went from 14th ranked to 12th ranked mm-hmm. despite losing mm-hmm. to the number two team in the country. Uh, so there's that. I didn't go on social media once because it was such a close game. Yeah. All right. Uh, if Iowa State is struggling to do something, I will not go on social media. I, I might look at it. I might look at it, but I will not respond. Mm-hmm. I will not respond. Um, at least I work really hard not to respond. The yeah. most time, the, the most fun that I will have on social media is when Iowa State is playing really well. And, um, and, and that way, I mean, everybody's sharing good vibes, right? Then I'm willing to get on. Then I'm willing to get on. You know, there was a game earlier this year where I tweeted out something about, come on, Cyclone Nation, good vibes. And they pulled it off. Mm -hmm. They pulled it off. Um, that sports can get people wound tighter than a clock. Yeah. Uh, at this time of the year. So, just be careful with that. Be careful with it. Uh, Big Apple Joe Stackler just uh, said said something during the break. Uh, producer of the show. 
he said, listen, you know what? He's he's a fan of a college team located in South Bend, Indiana, um, that uh, he said he made a promise to himself that he will never let their 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 uh, victory or defeat make or break his day. That's a good, smart attitude to have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when it comes to watching uh any sports and and you know yeah. even for me I've got to remind myself of that too if they would have beat the Kansas the the temptation would have been to get on the horn and on the text and on the twitter and on any on and talk about how great it was and mm-hmm. get too far to the upside mm-hmm. well you got to watch yourself doing that too yeah you got to try and stay in the middle <sighs> you know if you can you got to find yeah. that middle and and stick with it. My uh, comfort. My trick with social media. Uh, I don't have very many friends at all. I think I'm less than seventy friends. Um, shout out to Travis G. By the way, uh, he's one of my Facebook friends. But my whole feed, like if there's any negativity, anything like that, I mean, it's all just Star Wars memes, cooking, and '80s music bands. <laughs> That's my whole Facebook, and, and I'm a lot happier since I got that all lined up. <laughs> Fantastic! You got to be pretty excited about the Mandalorian then, because I oh, know I'm my super wife psyched. Is. Yeah, I know yeah. my wife is. She's a huge fan. I'm hoping for another run of uh, Obi Wan too. Maybe put a little fire in that one. It better be as good as what she thinks it's going to be, or we could be dealing with some depression from that too. It will be. It will okay, be. Okay, very it good. It will be. Excellent. Don't Thanks worry. for listening this morning. I hope you enjoyed <laughs> it. I hope it brought a little light to another gloomy day in the Midwest. Come back this afternoon. Phil Conrad, Tradus LLC, right here on Agritalk.